Hello everyone. Globally, lockdowns are a key tactic to combat COVID-19. Phrases like stay home, stay safe are used on social media to encourage people to stay indoors during this pandemic. But what happens when home isn't a safe place for some people? On this week's episode of Southeast Asia Dispatches, our membership engagement manager, Deborah Augustin, looks at what happens when survivors of domestic abuse are forced to stay at home with their abusers during a lockdown. She is joined by Tan Hyang Lee, the communications officer of the Women's Aid Organization in Malaysia, and Patricia Sulin Knudsen, who is a co-producer and host of The Pool, a podcast series about and for domestic abuse survivors in Malaysia. So, I mean, I'm just going to start with what does the MCO actually mean for women who are in abusive relationships? Well, the thing is, um, during this MCO, uh, of course, there's a lot of survivors and people, uh, women out there. And I'm not going to just say women. There are probably also some men who are going through it and they're stuck with their abusers. There's no breaks. Uh, I mean, imagine this. You have no work. You have no school. You have no friends. Um there's no buffer between the abuser and abuse. So they're just stuck in the house with them 24-7, which means that, you know, they can't get away, which must be so claustrophobic. I mean, uh, to me, I keep thinking to myself, thank God I left um, my abuser two years ago so that I wouldn't be with him right now in the house. And it makes me actually feel a little bit of anxiety just thinking about it. So I can't even imagine... Uh, any survivors out there that are in the middle of all of this and just talking about as well financial insecurities that's happening all around the world you know a lot of unemployment um so of course when you're stuck at home with your abuser uh, there's this, this financial insecurity boredom and in some cases there'll also be alcohol abuse stress so it's not really a question of if there will be abusive incidents but how bad it is so to abusers, coronavirus is scary, but an abusive spouse is a much more immediate threat. Yeah, I think that's that's really true, um, especially like that we're all anxious about corona, but for some people, there's a much more immediate threat in their homes. And maybe, Hyangli, do you have maybe a little more to add to that? Yeah, I'd like to add that it's also more dangerous for survivors to seek help during the MCO because they are at home with the abuser all day and the abuser may be monitoring their every move. So that's another uh, layer of risk. And also for survivors who have left the abuser, the current crisis also you know, has an impact on them. So WAO, we did our a quick survey of 20 former residents of our domestic violence shelter. And we found that 30% were unable to work due to the MCO. Another 25% were still looking for work and 5% had their salaries deducted due to the MCO. And as we all know, it can be very challenging for survivors to get back on their feet during ordinary times. And this challenge becomes even greater during this pandemic with its accompanying financial strains. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Like people who've even left an abusive relationship are still also feeling the impacts of this in, in other ways. And we have seen an increase in uh, calls to the Talian Kase, which is the national hotline for victims of abuse and vulnerable children. So this is directed at Hyang Lee. Has WAO seen an increase in calls to the WAO hotline? 
So initially at the start of the MCO, we actually saw a slight decrease in hotline calls as well as WhatsApp inquiries. But um, you know, after some time, we have in fact seen an increase. So to share with you some statistics, before the MCO began, from 1st to 17 March, WAO was receiving an average of 10.5 hotline calls and WhatsApp inquiries per day. So that was about 10.5 uh, per day. And since the MCO began from 18 to the 31st of March, we are receiving an average of 12 hotline calls and WhatsApp inquiries per day. So this is about a 14% increase uh, since the start of the MCO. Right. So um, Patricia, uh, your podcast offers people in abusive relationships practical tips on how to survive and both escape an abusive situation. You know, based on your experience and some of the people you've talked to making your podcast, what would be your advice to people in abusive relationships during this time? I mean, first of all, I really, you know, I, I can really feel their pain right now. And I can't even imagine because, you know, being with them also means that maybe, yes, there's an increase. And, you know, just look at France. There was like a 75% increase, for example. Um, it's it's going through the roof. But then there's also a lot of people who can't even get to their phones. Like I remember my abuser took my phone from me all the time. So I wasn't even able to make calls or write anyone. So I could see that also being a problem when people are at home. Um, my, my advice uh, to everyone out there would you know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's to survive. You, you, you got to survive. Um, but other than that, the only thing you can do is just stay as healthy as possible. I mean, I would, uh, we spoke to Hyang Lee about this, uh, as well. And we were saying that, you know, have all your emergency numbers ready, uh, get your children also to be taught how to call emergency services should they need to. Um, because the reality is that you probably can't take action just yet. But you can start to kind of prepare yourself mentally to leave your abusers. So, you know, start saving money. Think about how you will support yourself once you're on your own. And even consider getting in touch with a, a financial planner. Uh, we had Kevin Neal on the show and we interviewed him and he had good examples on how uh, to continue. He even opened up a pro bono counseling program for abuse survivors or people who have lost work in the aftermath of the coronavirus. Um, so the, you know, you can really, uh, reach out and try to sort out, um, find people to, to help you and also considering whatever legal rights you have, uh, and what custody rights you have. Right. Yeah. So that, that there's the surviving the immediate impacts and then also kind of planning for the future. Um, Hyangli, WAO has released some infographics on what people can do during this time when they're confined with their abusers. Could you maybe share some of what WAO is advising and maybe if you have anything to add to people who are in this situation? If you or someone you know needs help, you can get in touch with the Women's Aid Organization hotline. So that's uh, you know, a very important resource for survivors out there. And if it's an emergency, you can also contact the police at 999 or Talian Kase, which is the Social Welfare Department's uh, line for domestic violence as well as child abuse. And the number is 15999. So uh, those, are those, num those are numbers that you should uh, keep in mind. 
And while living, uh, you know, with an abuser during the MCO, you can also take steps to improve your safety, which is what we call safety planning. And here are some tips that um, we adapted from the National Domestic Violence Hotline in the United States. So the first thing that you can do is to have a phone accessible at all times and save uh, those emergency numbers in your phone. You should also let trusted friends and neighbors know of your situation and to develop a plan or a visual signal for when you need help. And next, you should identify safe areas of the house where there are no weapons and there are ways to escape. And if arguments were to occur, you can try to move to those areas. If uh, things were to escalate, don't run to where your children are, as this may result in them getting hurt. You should also try and keep weapons such as knives locked away and as inaccessible as possible. And lastly, try not to wear scarves or long jewelry that could be used, uh, you know, to harm you. Um, I do have to jump in here and and say that as much as these this. Uh, these um, pointers of advice is very, I guess, yeah, practical. <laughs> um, being in a situation in the house, you're, it's not as easy to take these, this kind of practical advice and, and, you know, kind of follow through with it when you're in the situation. Because me hearing what you're saying, when I was going through the abuse in the house, there's, I mean, my child was there it's kind of hard to move away from your children, especially people who are in smaller houses, you know, like I know that you're saying safe areas, but it's not safe anywhere in the house. You know, they're going to just follow you and they're going to get like uh, bang the door down, you know, all these kind of things. So, uh, you know, hearing this kind of advice, I just think that it's a bit hard because, you know, they're going to think about all of these things and they're not going to be able to kind of follow through with it. You know, you're not going to put all your knives in, in locked away in, in a cupboard. You're going to have to cook. You're going to have to do stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. To me, it's it's very, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't see myself back then being able to accomplish uh, any of, of, of like the, the hiding the knives, running away from my children because they're there in the house. The house is small. So I don't know. Like I, I just really think for people out there in the ho ho uh, homes that, is really just about surviving and getting through this MCO and, and, and staying strong, especially. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, Patricia, you know, sharing her own uh, perspective um, on, on, you know, what survivors can do. And definitely these uh, suggestions are just a suggestion that we know that each situation is so unique and so different. So, you know, not everything may apply across the board. And I think the fact that survivors need to do safety planning is also uh, it's also quite heartbreaking, actually, um, and it's definitely not the best case scenario. But uh, I do want to to highlight that if you are in a situation where you need support, please do get in touch with WAO. We have a hotline as well as a WhatsApp line. Yeah, which is great. And yeah, thanks for bringing up the size of your house, Patricia, because I think the MCO is really showing us um, inequality, right? It's it's really kind of highlighting the haves and the have-nots. Um, so yeah, that's that's a great point to bring up and highlight. We really do need to think about 
how um, class intersects in all of these issues. What are some interventions maybe um, can someone on the outside, say you're a neighbor and you suspect that abuse is happening next door to you, um, what are maybe some safe ways to intervene under the movement control order? Right, so in terms of what you know, you can do if you suspect that abuse is happening next door or in your neighborhood, uh, firstly, you can you know, ring the bell and try to create a diversion through ringing the bell. And of course, make sure that your safety uh, is ensured before approaching the situation. And you can also ask someone to accompany you. So that's one. The second thing would be to share the Women's Aid Organization hotline number as well as our WhatsApp number with anyone whom you are concerned about. Yeah, I would also say to get involved. You know, if you're here and you know that it's going on, get involved. Don't just, um, you know, uh, sit back and be like, okay, it's not my problem. Uh, try your best to help um by yeah calling a WAO or maybe maybe being able to reach over and 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 see if you can get a hold of the the person that's being abused because a lot of like for example our apartments we have all balconies um and everywhere so you can you can see over people's balconies and and if you hear anything i i would say to try your best to reach out and see if the abuse needs help um again i'm referring back to my own experience i remember i used to run out on the balcony and hide and people actually years after wrote to me saying that they saw me on the balcony, like naked, you know, on the side, but they didn't do anything. So I, I would have wished that someone would have called the police or helped me out. Yeah, that's, that, I think that's really important to know that we all have a role to play and that we all can actually help, even if it's just to let someone know, hey, I see you, right? Um, yeah, and there's just someone there, you know, because you feel so alone. You know, I had one someone um, see it and come and try help me, and it just meant the world. Okay, thanks for sharing that. Um, so maybe my last question, what are some government policies or programs you'd like to see during this time to help victims of domestic violence? Well, I'd like to see more public service announcements coming from the government to assure survivors that they can escape during the MCO and that there are support services available. And this has actually been a concern among many survivors. So we receive calls from them and they often ask us whether or not it's acceptable for them to escape during the MCO. So survivors do need uh, to be assured that they can leave the house to escape domestic violence during this time. And such uh, public service, service announcements also send a message to abusers that they can be punished for their actions even during these times. So it has kind of a dual um, role in both kind of sending a message to abusers and then also reassuring people going through this. Yeah, absolutely. I really also believe that there should be uh, more women employed in their public service advertising department maybe that can help uh, have a voice for women out, uh, all of us women out here. Uh, that's not about how we have to put makeup on and, and sound like this and not nag at, at our husbands. Uh, so overall, I just wish that the policy was rigged more in favor of the abused than the abuser. Exactly what Hyang Lee is saying, you know. I think it's really upsetting um, about abusive relationship uh, that it's the survivor's responsibility to uproot their lives. You know, it's 
all about the survivors having to start again, leave, hide. It's not, nothing goes towards the abusers. You know, they have to run away with their kids to shelter. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, both of you have addressed the financial piece of this. And I think, you know, all people are kind of experiencing financial hardship at this time. So do you think there's also a need to kind of develop policies and programs in this current moment that help women or men in abusive situations um, financially? Yeah, I'd like to, uh, you know, jump in on that. So as we know, the government has announced a stimulus package, the Prihatin stimulus package. And something that we are concerned about is that a bulk of the cash transfers goes to the household. So this could mean that a lot of these financial assistance may be going towards, you know, the abuser in cases of domestic violence rather than the domestic violence survivor. So, you know, even our policies on financial assistance really need to account for the the risks that domestic violence face as well as the gender dynamics within the household. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe um, we can sort of wrap this up with how can we support WAO during this time when they're doing really important work, Hyang Lee? All right. So if anyone out there wants to support a women's aid organization, you can make a donation uh, to WAO. And the information about our bank account numbers are on our website, which is wao.org.my. And your support will enable us to continue to run our hotline and WhatsApp line 24 hours a day. And in fact, during the MCO, we actually extended our hotline hours to 24 hours because we recognize the added risk to domestic violence survivors. And your support also enables us to provide comprehensive social work to survivors. Thank you, Hyang Lee. And Patricia, for people who maybe want to hear some of the episodes that you have produced, the, the Pool podcast, where can they access the episodes of your podcast? Well, um, we are on Spotify, which is one of the easier access, uh, easy, easiest way to listen to the podcast. So you can just search for The Pool. And we have right now seven episodes. We're supposed to actually have eight, but we didn't manage to be able to record the last one before the lockdown happened. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Um, and I believe The Pool Podcast is also on Instagram at The Pool Podcast. So, um, but I think that's kind of all the time we have for today. But thank you so much to both of you for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time to speak to us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for having us. Um, We really hope that the message gets out there more. So I think it's really good uh, that you guys are doing this and trying to spread the word more. Yeah, thank you. And um, yeah, we really hope that it just, you know, gives people more tools at this time. Um, yeah, that's why if anyone sees it or hears it, reach out, help, you know, they, they're they stuck and they're not able to do anything. They might not have a phone, so they can't call anyone. So if you hear or see it, try to help as much as you can. Yeah, I think, you know, that's really in the spirit of the Kita Jaga Kita movement that's happening in Malaysia. And so, yeah, once again, thank you guys for, for joining us and, and taking the time out of your day to talk to us. And that was Tan Hyang Lee and Patricia Sulin Knudsen with Deborah Augustine. Our thanks to all of them. If you'd like to help or take action, you can donate to the Women's Aid Organization at wao.org.my/donate. 
And if you are in Malaysia and are in an abusive situation, you can call the WAO at 03-795-63488 or SMS or WhatsApp at plus 60-189-888-058. Be sure to tune in to New Narrative's Political Agenda next week, our fortnightly podcast on current affairs in Singapore. And check out our website at newnarrative.com for more stories from Southeast Asia. If you enjoy what we're doing, please do support our work by becoming a member of New Narrative at newnarrative.com slash join. Memberships start at just 52 US dollars a year. That's just one US dollar a week. This is PJ Thumb wishing all our listeners a great week ahead. Jumpa lagi!